Hello, and welcome back to Based on What. Today, I am joined by two very special guests, Matt and Spencer, and we will be talking about the 2021 Virginia gubernatorial election. So, without further ado, uh, Spencer, could you please introduce yourself for us? Uh, hello, uh, my name is Spencer Hudson. I've been friends with Calvin and Matt for a couple of years now, uh, and I am supporting Glenn Youngkin for the position of Virginia's next governor. And uh, Matt, uh, who have you been supporting this election? Uh, well, uh, thanks for having me on the show today, um, even though I'm always on. But uh, I will be supporting Terry McAuliffe, and um, <clears throat> I have been working on his campaign, or I've been working with his campaign, um, because I am also working on the Kathy Tran for Delegate campaign. But through that, I've been working uh, uh, for the Terry McAuliffe campaign um, and, you know, canvassing for him and whatnot. Um, but yeah. So uh, it's been a bit of a running joke with Matt and I for a while that the, the thing that represents all the evil and all the pain and everything that's wrong with the world is that of the archetypal conventional <laughs> Democrat. And that the, the conventional Democrat, this person who's socially liberal, um, economically you know, neoliberal, um, they have not really very strong convictions on anything. And they mainly stand in a form of opposition to any change to the status quo. These, these people represent so much of the problems in modern American politics. And indeed, most of the politics of the world. So, Matt, <laughs> Going does it, does it throat, pain eh? you? Do you feel the betrayal <laughs> of having become okay, a conventional okay, so Democrat? I, campaigning for a liberal, campaigning for me, a Democrat in an election as important as this. Allow me to uh, explain my thinking here. So, I, I will defend, defend yourself to the best of my ability. So I, I, um, I am fairly left, I would say. I, I, don't, I would probably not say that I'm a full communist, um, as such as yourself, Calvin, but I am, I'm fairly left. I'm more left than the, the current Democratic Party. Um, so my thinking and reasoning for supporting them is that any step uh, in that direction is the right one. And even if it is supporting a liberal, it is not as bad as supporting um, a party that I wholeheartedly disagree with, such as uh, Mr. Um, Spencer's over here. Um, <clears throat> But but yeah, it, my main reasoning is that it's it's moving us in the right direction, even if it's not all the way there. So that's why I've been supporting them. And um, I don't want this to be the main reason, but it has been a great opportunity for me to get volunteer hours and um, work on a campaign. And I've really enjoyed getting the experience. Um, but yeah, for the, for the most part, it's just because I feel like they take more steps in the direction I want to see the state and the country uh, head in than the other the alternatives. So uh, for those who aren't aware, I have been campaigning for Princess Blanding. She's running third party with the Liberation Party. And uh, just recently, I was at the Lorton Farmer's Market, and I was attacked by some local <laughs> that, Democrats. That is a strong Not word. Not physically, <laughs> but, you know, verbally. Uh, harassed, <laughs> trolled, whatever you want to say. Um, and one of the big things that they said is that they said that uh, I should not vote for a party that's going to take away votes from Terry McAuliffe and that they even went as far as to say that voting third party is undemocratic, which I thought was an interesting take. So well, uh, could you both just give your opinions on you know third parties and, and what is Princess Blanding's role uh, in this election? Yeah, why don't you take it first, Spencer, because I, I think... went first last. All right, so while I actually... So up until recently, I didn't know or really care who Princess Blanding was. But with Calvin's you know, constant talking about her. I actually did decide to do a little Google search. And, you know, while I found that I did disagree with her on literally every issue, <laughs> she does seem like a good person, at least. Like, Terry is just a terrible person. Like, there's really no way to spin it. Like, that guy's first campaign was yeah. financed almost solely by Jeffrey Epstein. Like, you can't make this stuff up. And, well, you know, and, and also, he's run a very dirty campaign this season. Like, there's mm -hmm. just all the different TV ads. And one time, we j even got a paper ad in our mailbox. And it yeah. had a bunch of Trump quotes and Trump endorsements for Glenn Youngkin. And obviously, the message was, Trump supports Glenn Youngkin. And you can see on the paper in very tiny print, sponsored by Democrats of Virginia. And that's basically been his whole platform is just fear-mongering that Glenn I mean, Youngkin yeah, is literally you can... Donald Trump. He has no other policy other than I've just met, Donald Trump is can, bad. I've met Youngkin, and he's... Youngkin is literally just like a, a chill dad. You know who he kind of reminded me of? He kind of reminded me of, like, a Boy Scouts, like one of your friends' uh -huh. dads who was just kind of there. Like, 
Uh, like well, he's a small yeah. business owner, so let's not humanize him too much. But you know, I understand what you're saying. He seems like a nice enough guy, just in his ads. Unlike it, Terry, he though. seems like such an establishment guy. I mean, okay, yeah, I could see, like, I could see where you guys from, are coming from. Um, but for me, I mean, it just comes down to the policy and what he's running as and what he plans on doing. Um, so I, I could certainly see your point. Like Youngkin seems like the wholesome, you know, uh, wholesome uh friend's dad like you guys said um and mcauliffe sort of does not seem as much like that but i still i still um support him and work on his campaign um because of his policy did you guys see did you guys see the uh one attack ad that terry ran on uh youngkin where he was like he was like vaguely uh invested a little bit in like a dental company that turned out to be running like some sort of pyramid scheme. And then he like tried to spin it in a way where it looked like Youngkin had run the pyramid uh, scheme. I, I was not aware of this. I neither know nor care enough <laughs> to do research into this. But the, the thing is, it's it's a political campaign. Of course, it's going to be run in a way that is dirty and deceptive because that's kind of the whole point. And that's basically what the Democrats told me at the father, uh, farmer's market uh, is that it's all about the policy. And, you know, the, the good things that Terry will hypothetically do if he becomes president. Governor. Uh, and I don't I haven't been, lived in Virginia very long. This is uh, something that over this campaign, I've started to learn more about some of the political history that's local to here. But Matt or Spencer, I don't know if either of you can take this. What has Terry McAuliffe or even the Virginia Democratic Party done at large that is actually in any way progressive or advancing us towards uh, real I mean, social okay. change? Democratic Party in the past few years. Uh, to name a few things, they've obviously done worked to make abortion like um, easier to access, um, and then they also have the, the the Voting Rights Act, and they made it way easier for people to vote. You can now vote early, starting uh, I guess I think the beginning of October or the end of September. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, just to name a few, and then I I am not exactly um, the most up to date person on McAuliffe's. Um, <clears throat> On his his current plans and policies, because I mo I, I mostly work for Delegate Kathy Tran, um, but I know they also made things. Some things that I really supported were um, bills to help uh, veterans find housing and whatnot. Um, because I obviously come from a military family, and so do you two. But I, I mean, yeah, those are just a couple of the things that I um, noticed. Okay. And then the question is, what is the role of third parties? Obviously, uh, there has been a lot of yeah. discussion about this in the past. And, and you know, so Spencer, uh, you're more conservative. And there was the big Ross Perot thing that was a couple of decades ago. And then yeah. also, obviously, you have Bernie Sanders and, and uh, during the 2016 campaign and how that impacted things. And it well, seems like third parties are always catching the blame for, you know, stealing votes from one of the two big parties. And how is there any way that we can advance this? And should we advance this? Should third parties be the goal for our country and for our state? So I don't see anything undemocratic about them. Like they're they're just parties. Um, I would say that if a third party gets a you know significant amount of votes, like you know, I would say that's kind of a sign for one of the major parties to adopt some of the policies of the minor mm -hmm. party. Recently, so the uh, mainstream conservatives have actually been adopting some libertarian policies like uh we're way more okay with uh weed than so uh, there's that um gay marriage we're okay with i don't know Mostly. uh yeah i don't know if the mainstream democrats have adopted yeah, and, and that's the concern. I don't, obviously, Matt has different views from me, but there is a lot of uh, concern about this, and, and all the different communist thinkers have their own views on this issue. Uh, uh, Lenin oh, was famously in favor of electoralism. Uh, at least that's what Vosh would have you believe. But that, you know, you should vote for liberal parties or even reactionary parties if they will lessen harm or if they will advance socialism in your country. But I think that that has been taken to the extreme and that sometimes you just don't have to give your vote to a liberal party by mere nature of them being liberal. And that even though I know that 
Princess Blanding will most likely not win the election, that at least I don't have to give well, my vote to someone that I yeah. hate. Uh, and it's slightly more enjoyable so to I participate think, in this campaign. I, think that, um, I know I talked to you on the phone about this the other day, but I feel like um, a lot of people would agree that third parties are good um, and something that, that should be advanced. But the problem is that our system is currently, how it is currently set up, makes it basically impossible to have a significant third party that's actually going to win major elections. Um, and I think the only way really to fix that problem is with significant economic change and significant social change because money is power, right? And so the two main parties have all of the money. So they have all of the power because they can afford to, you know, lobby and pay for big campaigns. Um, and it's just nearly impossible for any small party like the what People's Liberation Party, is that it? Um, to, to get ahead Liberation because party. they don't have the money, they don't have the resources to run big campaigns and compete with these big, huge, um, you know, main parties. So the only way to that it would take a significant economic change in how our our system works to um, really make make a third party work because nobody's going. I mean, the, the current political parties are so entrenched in our society. It is going to be very, very difficult to get people to get a significant number of people to vote for a third party and try to change it because they're going to they're going to be like the guy you talk to at the farmer's market. They're going to be like, why bother? I'm just taking votes away from the Democrats or the Republicans. They're not going to win. So it's it's going to it would take a lot, I feel like, to really promote political parties. And that's why or promote third parties. And I feel like that is why so many people are against them, because they don't want to see such significant social change. Um, and they feel like it can't be done. They feel like it's impossible. So have either of you heard of ranked choice voting yep. uh, where you would vote, you'd rank yep, one of the yeah. candidates you want to vote for? Yeah. Well, so, so do you have okay. any thoughts on that? Um, I, I think that it's a good idea and I think it could work. But at the same time, we would still we would still mostly see um, uh, Republicans and uh, Democrats in, in office because they can afford to pay more for campaigns and lobbying. And they they have always been in office. So they have a lot they have or they have been in office for what the past like 70 years. Um, but they they have the money, they have the power, they can afford to run big campaigns. And it would still be difficult for third parties to compete even in that system. But all right, what about you, Spencer? Um, so, I mean, in theory, it sounds good. Uh, I haven't looked at, like, the math to see how it would, like, work and how its, like, results would actually play out differently. The only thing that I can really see how it would, like, actually affect stuff is in, like, the presidential primaries. Like, uh, like last year with the, uh, or two years ago with the Democrat primaries, they had, mm -hmm. uh, there was, like, the ranked order then. I feel like maybe Klobuchar would have finished higher. Uh, <laughs> Man, I haven't heard that name in a long time. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always thought that she was more competent than Buttigieg, but for some reason, Buttigieg always gets... Yeah, I don't know why people liked him so much. He was rich. He was the but... mayor of South Bend, did he? And, he was yeah. and also uh, his Department of Transportation recently bought a, a massive order of Amtrak trains that are all diesel powered instead of electric, even though they already had electric ones on the track. So thank you for that, Mayor Pete. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. Climate change is in your hands. So, uh, Spencer, you're probably the most Virginian out of any of us here. Uh, yeah. How has this country been running under, uh, I think, about 20 years of Democratic governorship? And and do you think that they've done anything of significance uh, from a conservative viewpoint? And how do you think Glenn Youngkin would do differently as governor? All right. Well, first, uh, it hasn't been 20 years. It's been it's been like 10, because I remember the whole reason that we moved here in the first place is because it was a red state. <laughs> and as we were here... Uh, it's kind of basically when we first moved here in like 2008, Virginia was solidly red. And then uh, basically up until 2015, when we left for, for 2016, when we left for Germany, uh, it was it was it was it was leaning purple. But it, I would still say it's red. Um, and then we moved back here in 2019 and it was like as blue as you can get. And we were kind of just left bewildered and wondering what had happened. Um like, there had been Democrats that had been elected, but I, like, 2015 Virginia versus, like, 2019 Virginia are just two completely different places. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say, as somebody who's, like, kind of bullish 
uh, the decline of this state. Decline. Uh, the, the, decline. Very, Wait, for five years. You think it's declined in five years? Yes. No. And you, you laugh, but honestly, yes. I think, and it's not hard to look at the statistics on this. Uh, the, like the safety, like uh, how safe our neighborhoods are, the homeless rate, uh, the murder rate, the quality of our schools, it's night and day. In like 2013, mm-hmm. we were like one of the safest uh, places in America. We had like the best public schools in America. Now there's homeless people at every shopping mall and schools I are mean, a joke. So, and, like, yeah, wh- I, I don't, Spencer, I do not, I mean, I'm going to have to trust you on this one because I do not know the validity of your claims. Um, but what what would you say? <laughs> I've been to a shopping mall or seen homeless people, so I can't well, verify, I, I, mean, like, I can't confirm or deny. And stuff. Um, but like what, what policy do you think specifically that the, or what policies do you think that um, have led to these, this uh, so-called decline? Uh, the Democratic governors have been very, very big on uh, giving out much lighter sentences to criminals. Uh, which, you know, in theory sounds good, but that they're just out committing crimes the next day. <laughs> um, the social welfare state that has been put in place is, makes it much more tolerable for people to live here. Um, and we've also kind of ruled back the laws on where they're allowed to sleep at night. Which you know means that they're allowed to actually be seen. Um, All right, wait, Spencer. I'm just gonna talk about the homeless thing real quick here. So you say uh, social welfare makes it more desirable for them to live here, and that they are more legally able to sleep out in the open. Yeah. So, do you propose policies that would you know make it so they're out of sight, out of mind, or they just go somewhere else? Like Absolutely. it's not like they're just gonna disappear. They're still gonna be homeless. And okay. you're essentially just saying that they should be forced to suffer somewhere else or, you know, make it less convenient for them to be homeless near where I live because scary homeless people and they smell bad and I don't like them. You know, I think that we should, you know, give them the chance to have a job in Germany. Uh, they do that thing where they just kind of make them go around and collect trash and then they'll give them like free health care if they do that. Why don't we have that would a policy be like that? And then, if we, uh, what's it called? If uh, they turn that down, then, yeah, I have absolutely no remorse for just sending them to, I don't know, Alaska. <laughs> and then just... <laughs> Actually, not Alaska, Hawaii. Let's take an uninhabited island in Hawaii and just put them all there. There is actually an uninhabited island in Hawaii. They're, they did nuclear tests there, and it's still uh, uninhabited to this day. So, homeless <laughs> island? What? Perfect. Squid game. game. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. So, the the there's a the homeless thing, uh, and then also, you know, just more broadly, I think that it's an interesting perspective uh, from a conservative that our the state we live in has declined for the past few years under democratic governorship. And I don't really think that's entirely wrong. I don't know the statistics either, but I can easily see Democrats, you know, being ineffectual, not passing progressive laws, not doing anything of importance because that is kind of what they do as conventional Democrats. Well, but, they Matt, are what have, what have you what have you seen? Uh, what's your experience with Terry McAuliffe and Kathy Tran? What has Kathy Tran really been doing policy wise? And do you think that the Democrats are waiting for their chance to implement serious change, or are they just going to hang on to power until the Republicans well, take okay. it away from them? I um I, I feel like I should probably say this. I am not um being paid to say anything. Uh, I do not represent any campaign. Um, and these thoughts are my own. Please don't sue me. Um, but I feel like, um, I, I feel like the, I don't, I don't think we're going to see the Democratic Party take a very progressive, um, you know, socialist or even communist turn, uh, anytime soon. I think we're mostly going to see the same stuff, slow, probably movement toward, um, the ideas that they talk about, like, you know, so- socialized healthcare and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I do not really expect to see any drastic, huge change. Um, the main reason I'm supporting them is because of some of the policies that I've seen them impl- implement that I thought were really good. 
like I mentioned, the early voting stuff, I thought that was really cool because, I mean, why not allow people to vote early? Why not make it easier? Um, and I, I mean, I've met Kathy Tran. She's a very cool person. She uh, is obviously very, she knows what she's doing. She knows her policy and I, I trust her in office. That's why I'm supporting her. Um, but I, yeah, I really, I don't expect to see any huge progressive um, sweep or anything like that at all. So it seems to me that the Democratic Party in Virginia, and in fact, the Democratic Party in a lot of places, but especially here, because Virginia has a good number of rural people and mining communities and just generally conservative archetypal communities. And the Democratic Party around here seems to be very focused on socially progressive things that will alienate those people for the better or the worse, uh, such as really pursuing progressive uh, school curriculum, uh, uh, prison sentencing, stuff like that, which all that stuff is good, but it's not things that are popular among all Virginians. And things that are economic policies, like, you know, really yeah. strong union stuff, uh, really strong uh, agricultural endorsements. We are not really seeing that from the Democratic Party. So, Spencer, do you think that the Republicans are making an effort to appeal to these rural conservatives? Or do you think that they just vote Republican by default because the Democrats are ignoring them economically? I think that we could be giving slightly more attention to them. But I do think that we are by far making 10 times the effort that any Democrat has ever made to appeal to them uh, as potential voters. Uh, obviously, culturally, uh, their ideals line up with ours, but uh, I know for a fact Glenn Youngkin's bus tour, he stopped at probably every, he stopped at the town probably every 15 miles uh, all up through um, Appalachia in like rural West Virginia. Not West Virginia, this state, just the western part of Virginia. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I think that I can't speak for every candidate, but I know what Glenn Youngkin has legitimately campaigned out in those rural areas. And this is something, this isn't necessarily Princess Planning's domain, but I've talked about this even theoretically uh, in classes like APUS history, that what we need is something like the populist party of the 1800s, and that in Virginia, if there was a party that had some strong social uh, welfare stuff, even a socialist stance, they were pro-gun, they were, you know, culturally variable, so there wasn't really any strong conservative or liberal bent on those things, that that would be a popular party that would probably be able to get votes. But we're not really going to see that because our political system has been divided so that the domain of the cultural left is entirely of the Democratic Party and the cultural right is entirely to the Republicans. So even though there are people who will usually have more varied stances on issues, uh, like the, it's most people who are pro-gay rights or extremely liberal on social issues may also have a view about, you know, government involvement in the economy or about gun rights or about prison sentencing or about immigration that is not exactly the same as that of the Democratic Party. So these people are sort of forced into a party just by nature of one of their views or whichever one they identify with the most. So do you think that we need a new party that could eclipse the uh, system that exists now? Or do you think that one of those parties would have to change the system in order to allow well, for another party? I mean, I party? think this sort of ties back into what we were talking about earlier. It's 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 very difficult to have a third party. Um, but I think I think that it I, we would have to create a new one, obviously. Um, but I feel like the, the working people in Vir Virginia is a very diverse state. Um, I mean, like economically, we have some we have poorer regions we have wealthy regions we have working class families we have um, blue collar and blue collar workers and then we have like the white collar folks doing like you know cyber security um, but i feel like the one thing that unites all of these people is their their economic struggle and how they are um they all have they're all work they're they're all still working people right so i think there's certainly a place in virginia to see some sort of workers party or something like that um uh, but but like like I said earlier, it is it is going to be very difficult, if not impossible, under the current system and how things work for a third party like that to emerge. Um, and it would it, I mean, it would take a huge upset of the current parties and the systems we have um, for that for something like that to happen. So, Spencer, do you feel like the Republican Party supports conservatives and is a good party for them? Or do you think that they have a need as well as leftist people to be reformed or to have a new party for conservatives? Honestly, 
Not really. Uh, I feel like you have a lot more gripes with the Democratic Party than I do with the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. I, like, there are some views that I think maybe need to be altered slightly, but overall, I'm fairly happy with, you know, where are my my policies and the Republican policies kind of line up together. So then the question for uh, our listeners and also for Matt, I guess, is can the Democratic Party be reformed? Can it really be changed in a meaningful way by people inside it? Because for uh, whatever your views are that on our, I have basically given up on that. I didn't campaign with the Democrats because I don't think that change can be made. But obviously, Matt's views are left of the Democratic Party. So do you think that people can change the party from inside? Or do you think that it's sort well, of lost cause? I'm certainly hopeful that it can happen. Um, I don't know how realistic of a view that is. It may take something more radical. We may have to abandon the Democratic Party. Um, I know there have been, obviously, party switches before. Um, we've switched from different parties to the ones we have now. So I feel like there is probably room. Like, if you think about the election... Um, I guess I don't remember what year, but, you know, Lincoln's first election, the uh, Republican Party was split, I believe, uh, into the I don't remember. I think one of them was the Whigs. I don't know. It's been a while. Um, But but they were they were split. And then um, basically uh, one of them was able to gain a majority over the other and create a, a whole new party with a new platform. I feel like we could probably have something like that. Maybe we could create a split in the Democratic Party and then the the more progressive side could beat out the other one. But um, I feel like anything short of that, it would be very difficult to um, create a new party or anything like it. Like it will it will be very hard to start from scratch and build up a new party or try to reform what's already going on without any sort of like radical, you know, not not like violence or anything, but like without radical change. And Spencer, do you think that Virginia is ready for Glenn Youngkin and that there is broad support for him? Because I've known that uh, Terry McAuliffe basically had a lead for most of the election and he lost it recently. And uh, Democrats will tell you that that's because Prince is planning is siphoning votes from his campaign. Uh, But do you think that people are starting to come around to Republicanism again and that Terry uh, or that uh, Glenn Youngkin will be a popular governor if he's elected. I think that uh, or uh, Youngkin will be a very popular governor if he is elected. But as it it pains me to say this a little bit, but I honestly don't think Virginia is coming around to Republicanism. I think that they just hate Terry McAuliffe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he's just a terrible candidate. The fact that it came out that he tried to uh, him and his friends tried to cover up the rape of a fourteen year old girl uh the fact that again i keep saying it but he was legitimately friends with jeffrey epstein his name is on the flight logs he was at the island like uh his first campaign his uh governor campaign in like 2013 was financed almost solely by epstein um yeah i think that people just realize that terry is a terrible terrible person and you know glenn is just kind of like a dad like he's He's very moderate. You keep leaving that part out. I mean, he's, he's, he's not, not a that small great. business owner. He, he was a hedge fund manager. Does that make it any better? He's not a small In his ads, owner. he says he's a small business owner, so that's even worse. I don't, he's, yeah, he's not a small business owner. He's a hedge, he was a hedge fund manager for like 30 years. So do you think that he has exploited enough people and caused enough suffering that his... Uh, you know, imprisonment would be justified or, or even, you know, could he face trial for the death penalty considering the suffering that he has caused uh, through his actions as a head fund manager? <laughs> no. At first I thought you were talking about Terry. I was going to be like, no, I think that's a little bit harsh. I mean, he's definitely broken the law, but I don't think that he should serve time. And then he flipped it on me and you said, Yunkin. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? How does investing in stocks make you a terrible person? Oh, I'm glad no. you asked, Spencer. So, <laughs> so uh, the the question of this campaign is ultimately it's going to be about can the fear of Donald Trump defeat 
the uh, actual policies proposed by Glenn Youngkin. So, Spencer, why do you think they keep leaning on Donald Trump? Democrats keep leaning on Donald Trump in their campaigns. Why is he supposed to be the bogeyman uh, when he's really not even a presence anymore? Why do they keep bringing him up? What is his relevance to modern politics? People don't like him, so they bring him up. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of akin to... Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Maybe when um, I forget the name of that one senator, but when it came out that that one like uh, Democratic senator had like uh, groped that woman when she was asleep on that airplane for like the USO tour, uh, there was a period for like six months afterwards where a lot of Republicans were saying that all Democrats are sex offenders. Don't vote for Democrats. Vote for Republicans. Uh, it's kind of the same as that. Just negative association people don't like him so Harry's doing what was your opinion about donald trump and do you think that he will ever come back into politics i i like him i remember him fondly i hope that he does not come back into politics <laughs> i think that his first three and a half years were fantastic i think that there is no way to spin it where his first three and a half years were not very very good his last <laughs> six months were terrible. No way, there's, huh? there's There's actually no way to, like, try to convince yourself that his last six months were not terrible. Um, more or less every single thing that could have possibly gone wrong went wrong. Um, I I don't know if the election was stolen. I think, I honestly think that Biden probably won, but you can't deny it was a little suspicious, especially in places like Georgia, you know, with, like, those you know, the people carting in uh, the uh, ballots and stuff. Like, that all looked a little suspicious. And then in Michigan, when they locked the Republican uh, uh, voter counter people out of the room, like, what, what was up with that? So I, I think you mean that the same thing they did to Al Gore's people in 2000. I wasn't alive. You know what I hate? All right, I don't, a little, little tangent here. Do you, do you like it when people try to, like, talk about, like, things that you have no like you were not around for that like people, yeah that's, I, that's true that's a fair point like my uncle i was debating with him like uh at, like last thanksgiving and he tried to bring up some thing that a republican did in like 1992 and i'm like you know i was born in 2003 right like i don't like huh? <laughs> oh does that have any relevancy i mean to what it's we're kind of about? annoying if it's like really niche but also you can like read about <laughs> things that happened before you were born I'm not talking about like major things like Watergate. I'm talking about like really obscure things that are from mm -hmm. like well yeah, yeah, no, that is time. Pretty annoying. Yeah. And then they reference it like it's common knowledge, but it's not common knowledge at all. That, that is or, you annoying. know, maybe I might know about it because like I'm very into politics, but like the average person would not know about this. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So as as we move forward with this governor race, uh, do you have any predictions? Uh, what would you guys like to predict? Who's going to win? Uh, I would say uh, McAuliffe, forty-eight percent. Yeah, we should put money on this. Youngkin, forty-seven percent. Uh, Princess Landing, three percent, and then yeah. I don't know the. No, I, I feel like. So you think yeah, Terry? You think McAuliffe Terry McAuliffe is going to win? I think it's going to be very close, but yeah. I think Terry's going to win. I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I really, really hope that Youngkin's going to win. I think that this is the closest and best chance that a Republican has had of winning anything major in Virginia in a long time. But I, 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 don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't think he's going to win. <laughs> okay. Again, Matt? hoping and praying that he yeah, does. No, but... I'm, I'm sort of, I mean, I, praying, I feel yeah. also that McAuliffe's probably going to win. I think it's probably going to be pretty close. But, um, I mean, the Democrats are pretty, pretty uh, entrenched, especially in, like, northern Virginia. Like, you know, like, where we live, it's, like, the most, it's very, very Democratic. Um, and I feel like that's, since we have the population centers, it is very likely that McAuliffe will win. Even if it's going to be close, I still feel like, I mean, I agree with Spencer. He's probably going to, he'll pull ahead by a bit. So, if, hypothetically, Terry McAuliffe loses, Glenn Youngkin is governor, yeah. What do you think are going to be the repercussions in the Democratic Party, and what do you like, think you is going to happen to Princess Branding? Like, yeah, Princess, Princess Branding is the only way. Wait, Calvin, Either way, Calvin, no matter what, she run she's... before is this her first election? 
this is her first election for governor. I think she okay. was on a school board okay. at one yeah, point. Yeah, I feel like she might be sure one of those. That. You know that Vermin Supreme guy who always runs with the libertarians and like his whole thing is he wears a boot on his head and that he says he'll give everyone a free pony if he's elected? Yeah. I feel like she might be kind of like that where like she's around, but like is she actually – is anybody going to support her or vote for her, you know? Like – like she'll i feel like she'll probably maintain her presence she might run again next time but i don't really think i mean i i don't see her gaining any traction in a governor race maybe a delegate race i could see i could honestly see her in the virginia house of delegates but i don't i don't think she's gonna gain any traction um just trying to get for the governor the governor uh, seat my dad actually was the uh election campaign manager for a uh congress uh election thing once when he was like 27 basically he was uh an intern some republican people i don't even remember who he was like the republican senator of wisconsin back in you know 1980 something um and apparently thought he was he was pretty smart um and so they basically sent him to be the election campaign manager for uh a district that was like 80 20 democrat and they're just kind of like, you know what? We're going to lose this anyway. Might as well give the new guy a shot. See how it goes. Um, and they actually ended up losing like 70 to 30. So they outperformed in every, everything, but they still got killed. Uh, but the, the, the lesson here was basically he never got a job after that. And he kind of had to go uh, back to the army, unfortunately. <laughs> um, because as he put it, they really only give you one election where they take you seriously. Yeah. Like, if you lose your first election, yeah, you're kind of sure. done. Like, there's... <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not sure about that. We'll see. I'm not sure if Princess Blanding will even try to run again. I think that this has brought some publicity to her campaign, and that's obviously the biggest struggle for a third-party candidate, is just getting the name out there. Name recognition is huge because she doesn't have the same amount of money as the big parties for campaigning. So I, I think, yeah, a House of Delegates run could be interesting. Uh, even Virginia Senate would be uh, possible. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, I have theorized, uh, mostly uh, jokingly, but who knows, maybe she'll flee to the jungle and start a Maoist insurgency. So we, we can hope. Uh, so Spencer, you said earlier that you were, uh, quote, hoping and praying that Glenn Young can become governor, right? So yeah. do you think that if uh, Jesus were here in Virginia now, that he would support Glenn Youngkin as the governor candidate? I would say that I'm generally opposed to bringing religion into politics just because no matter what you do, there's a way to phrase it where you come out with a short straw. Like, there's just, like, religion can really be twisted any way you want. Uh, but personally, I do believe that if uh, the Jesus that I picture came down, he would probably support Glenn Youngkin. <laughs> the Jesus what that is, you picture, like? huh? <laughs> I think I can kind of see what that guy looks like. Hey, so, uh, Spencer, why do you think it is that people in Virginia have been voting Democrat? Why did that switch happen in the first place? Um, well, first, there's a, been a pretty large demographic shift. Uh, second, <laughs> there's been a lot of huh? a new, a lot of new uh, tech jobs have been coming to this area recently, whereas in like the last ten years, um, like all those new cybersecurity places. Who is it? Amazon has opened up a new warehouse here. Like, basically, that's they're bringing every like ninety percent of the people who work in those places vote Democrat. And when, like, multiple organizations that employ thousands of people come here, like, it's only a matter of time before that starts to show. So okay. I wouldn't say that the Republicans of this state have gotten any less Republican. I just think a lot more Democrats have moved here. Yeah, and, and it's obviously a lot of those people live in that North Virginia, the D.C. Yeah. Beltway area. Um, and what do you think about that big cultural division between North Virginia and South Virginia yeah, and even West Virginia is something? 
You go like 30 miles south yeah. of here and it's like completely different. They, they actually talk with Southern <laughs> accents. When I went to Radford University for Boy State, I was actually shocked when I went to a gas station and I was like, hey, can I get a water bottle? And he was like, yeah, sure, man. And southern. I was like, what? Actually, There's actually Southern? 95 South. I think it's 95 South. There's a huge um, Confederate flag like right off the highway. It's like 20 feet by like 40 yeah. feet. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> I actually thought this was really funny. I just took a road trip to the south uh, this summer, and I saw about 20 different uh, Confederate flags on a road trip to Pennsylvania. So in Maryland and Pennsylvania, well, I saw 20 areas, Confederate flags. On yeah. my way down to through, I was going through Alabama and Georgia, and I didn't see a single one. So I just thought that that was uh, kind of interesting. I feel like you it's, know, whenever... it's a lot of the northern south identifies with that more, at least more publicly anyway. Well, there's less of a cultural tie, and then they kind of just agree with the mentality of it more. Uh-huh. Kind of, um, like, yeah, well, like, whenever I go skiing in, like, you know, like, uh, Pennsylvania, yeah, it's Confederate flag central out there. Like, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, there's a saying about Pennsylvania, because I was born in Pennsylvania, and I have family there, that uh, Pennsylvania has Philadelphia in the east, Pittsburgh in the west, and Alabama in the middle. It's it's uh-huh. just funny. It's and there's so many states like that in the country where there's the big cities and then there's the rural area and the rural area is obviously much more conservative. So there have even been people saying uh, that North Virginia should break away and become its own state. Uh, Spencer, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, you live in North Virginia, but obviously yeah, you would so identify I, the con- uh, conservative part. Personally, I think that uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to incorporate northern virginia and southern maryland into washington dc um make washington dc kind of its own thing and i know what you're thinking are we going to make washington (laughs) dc a state no okay but what we're going to do that we should move all the democratic voters from maryland no 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 no, no, no. i I have i have i have one i have one thing that makes this kind of tolerable i have one thing that makes it kind of tolerable Mm -hmm. we make washington dc an american tax haven so the people who live here, you know those license places from yeah. D.C. that say no taxation without uh-huh. representation? <laughs> no I can call that problem. No taxation <laughs> or not have to pay taxes. <laughs> That's not based. <laughs> How do you come up with this stuff, Spencer? So, yes. Besides then, all the libertarians would move there. We'd get, yeah, no, that... No, but then money can solve problems. Money makes terrible places <laughs> nice. Have you seen Dubai? <laughs> that place is in the middle of the Middle East, and they're like, if okay, we throw yeah, but enough that's money true, at this but place, then those places yeah, exactly. also have like modern day slave labor, and they also have like corruption. So that's not uh, the best solution. But if you have enough money, you never see any of that. <laughs> All right, kind of base, kind of base. So uh, I guess my final question here, Spencer, is what does it mean to you to be based? What is your association with that word, and what do you think about the name the name of our podcast? I think the name of your podcast is, is pretty good, actually. Uh, it's pretty clever. Um, for me, being based kind of just roots back to that time when I was 13, and I didn't care about politics at all. And then I clicked on this one BuzzFeed video about how men shouldn't hand uh, spread. And then I thought that was a little weird. So then I clicked on the next video that was suggested, <laughs> and then that was a Ben Shapiro video. And then from that point on, I was just gone. <laughs> Base. And you've been based yeah. ever since, huh? Pretty much. I will acknowledge, I feel like I've kind of like done like an, my own like psychological analysis on myself to see how quickly I got wrapped up in all the craziness. Yeah. Uh, craziness right, so is. Matt and I have also done that. I think it is very interesting just how us three yeah. are demographically pretty I mean, similar. Yeah. We've had very oh, yeah. similar lives and we've gone uh-huh. through completely different political, philosophical paths just by nature of the internet and life. Like it's it's almost completely random Ace. if you think about it. Well, I remember when I first met you, Calvin, and you said that the only you were conservative with the exception yeah. of the environment. I mean, yeah, I was exactly. the same way back then. Well, look at I was where like I am now. Ben Shapiro, so, Crowder, Jordan Peterson. Hold up, hold up. All right. I kind of know how Calvin so, okay. made switch. Matt, how did you switch? <laughs> For me, I, I, remember when... I me. really started out, um, yeah, when I first got into politics, I was hanging out with Drake all the time. And you guys know Drake was super conservative back then. So he got me into Ben Shapiro and stuff. Um, and then over over the years, like moving here, um, I was like basically on my own, obviously, because I didn't really know anybody around here. 
Um, so I just like sort of started thinking more critically about politics and what I supported. Um, and then I started moving left and then Calvin moved here. And then I've talked to him almost exclusively for two years when we were in virtual school because I'd call him every day on the phone for like two hours. Um, and then like I started moving left more and more. He convinced me. I started reading theory and stuff. And so that's basically that's just how it went for me, you know, talking to Calvin, reading theory um, and sort of, you know, thinking more critically of what I support. Would you say right. that you're, you're gone or do you think that there's a way for <laughs> By you to light come side, back you to the light side? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, yes. I was thinking of the Star Wars reference, but then I accidentally read too much into my own <laughs> well, metaphor. Okay. I mean, I am not, I know Calvin Just, is I, like dead set. On, like you, he's told me before, you've told me before that you do not feel like your political views will change uh, for the rest of your life. Right. Um, I'm not really the same way. I am not like recently I've been um, incredibly busy and I haven't had time to think about this stuff as much as I would like to or read about it as much as I would like to. Um, so I think there is certainly room for my views to change. And I, I pr they probably will over the coming years. I don't know that I will ever go back to as far right as I used to be. Um, but I mean, I probably could realistically see myself like moving in that direction. Like some of the, some of the stuff I, I believe now is pretty, pretty firm. Like, I think um, you could, I, I feel like workers should unite because they have more in common than the big parties want us to believe. Um, but I, I feel like that's probably pretty set. Um, if, if there was like a, a party that was fairly socially right, but like not like super socially right and like economically left, I might be able to get behind that. And it's like, probably not right now, but uh -huh. I could see myself changing enough to get behind that in the future. So I guess to answer your question, I, I could get, I could probably move, I could see myself moving right again, but not like all the way back, you know? Take it. Well, and, and also just to say what I, my views are on that, I have said that I will probably not change my political views for the rest of my life, or at least I don't see any reason why I would. But I do, especially sometimes if I listen to like an episode of a Vox podcast or something, and I'm thinking about what it was like to be a liberal. I would give anything to go back to that. Being a liberal in the United States is so easy and it just it's so much more comfortable. You feel like you have to constantly be thinking about the problems of the world and, and the suffering and that you can treat politics like it's a game, yeah. that there are all these different players and they all have their different abilities and you win elections and you lose elections and that it's all just part of this very uh, simple system that anyone can participate in. And I feel like uh, once you've opened your eyes to that, it's sort of yeah. like the matrix that you can't, I mean, yeah, you can't go back no matter that's, how much you want. That's what I'm to. saying. Like there are so, things that I've realized that I can't unrealize, you know, and like in order to go back to where I was before, I would have to forget about stuff I've learned and forget about reading Foucault and watching Rick Roderick, you know? Like, I, I, I feel like I could change some, but not that much. And so, Spencer and Matt, one last question uh, before we close this out. I just wanted to ask, and this is for the audience too, sometimes when I'm, like, really bored and I'm just deep in my own thoughts, I'll think about, what if I'm wrong politically? And then I and I think, well, I've already considered all the options. I've done my research, but what? How would you feel if you just I one mean, day found out me, that you'd been wrong your whole life? Like, do you, would you feel guilty? And and one follow up on that before you guys respond is that there's this idea of voting for the lesser of the two evils, um, which I think first of all has some problems within the first yeah, place because yeah. you know the lesser of the two evils is still evil, but also the fact if you voted like democrat for your entire life and then one day you just became conservative would you carry guilt for all the elections you participated in and that you voted I'm... for the quote-unquote wrong person so so do you think that you might be wrong and if you were wrong would you feel guilty about I mean, your for me, days of having i could say that i almost certainly i mean i'm not saying i'm necessarily wrong but i could certainly see myself being wrong because i've done it plenty of times before like i was a um you know like ben shapiro fan like re hardcore republican um and then i was like oh i might be wrong and then i became like um an ancap and then from there i was a libertarian and now i'm like pretty far left so i've i've changed plenty of times and i feel like um it's it would be foolish of me not to believe that some of the things i believe could be wrong um like i i mean i'm i'm obviously not perfect 
Um, and so I could very well be mistaken in some of my ideas and some of my beliefs. Um, but I can't remember the rest. What was your, what was the rest of your question? What'd you say? It was, would you feel guilty I if mean, you voted for I would the feel wrong party? For I your would whole probably life. feel like, I guess how I feel now is that I was, um, I didn't know as much as I, as I know now back then. Like I was just not educated to the, the degree that I am right now. And like, it wasn't my fault. I just didn't understand. I feel like that's how I would still feel. Um, I probably wouldn't feel guilty necessarily because like I didn't know better basically. Um, but yeah, I don't really think I'd feel that guilty. Spencer? Yeah. So, uh, kind of the same thing. I think that, uh, if you question your own beliefs, it's kind of just a sign that you're actually thinking critically mm -hmm. and you're not rooting for your political party like it's a sports team. Um, but, yeah, I've I've obviously considered what if I'm wrong. Um, I feel like it comes up way more often when I see those videos about, like, how wealthy some people are. Like, again, I feel like I'm probably at this point way more easily playable on economic issues than social issues. Mm -hmm. Um not to get too deep into it, but uh, yeah, like you guys, so you guys lived on post, yep. right? Mm -hmm. In what? Germany, yeah, I actually lived, lived off, off post. post. I'm so Calvin, sorry. You were at my house that one time. Yeah, yeah, in a house older than the United States of America. I mean, no, still. it was built in like a civil war. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, so I don't know if you remember, directly across the street from us, there was like a little apartment complex thing. Uh, it was like six do or it was like six apartments inside like one like mansion that was clearly a mansion at some point, but they turned it into six apartments. Mm -hmm. And in one of the apartments, um, there was a Muslim refugee family, and like I'm not like I'm, I'm, I'm you think I might just be making this up for a point? Like I I saw domestic violence happen, like borderline every day with that like very very toxic relationship and i remember one of our neighbors reported it to the polizei and basically what ended up happening was the police had been instructed by the uh spd which was the uh, political party that was in charge of Wiesbaden at the time to more or less ignore those kind of reports when they're coming from uh muslims because they uh were like not expected to fully understand Western society a yet. Racist, a little racist. And <laughs> I mean, a little bit racist, but also like, and not only that, but their teenage son, uh, he broke into our car once and he spray painted uh, like dirty Americans. Those. Yeah, like we suffered kind of a lot at the expense of that. Well, they might have just been lashing and out because the they were living in a duplex. They were down, living in know, a might not have necessarily, center. or you could be making this. Or up you for might a be point. making like, this I, up for a point. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I. We still have the photos of the of the car, yeah. of the broken stuff, and then the spray painted on the windows. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would like you to send those to me because I would be interested actually. in seeing that. But but interesting interesting conversation. Uh, stay critical, everyone. Uh, examine your views and make sure you vote for Princess Blanding in the election. Uh, oh, this yeah, is it is. I'm, I'm, I'm going to grind this. Is this even going to be out by the... <laughs> uh, vote, right, vote, right. vote Kathy, <laughs> vote McAuliffe. Uh... All right, so, and, and Spencer, do you have anything you'd like to plug before we close out the show? Uh, yeah. Uh, if you want to follow my Instagram, it's just underscore Spencer Hudson, all lowercase. Uh, and then my TikTok is uh, Spencer Hudson zero three. So uh, mm -hmm. if you want to follow those, be my guest. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think that was, was a pretty good episode. Yep. Thank you for joining us, Spencer. Uh, and we'll, we might have you on sometime again. So thank you for listening. Uh, follow Based on What on Instagram. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And we're going to try to get it up on Spotify and YouTube soon, but don't hold your breath.